in the house from those of you that know that you have been set free. I said, let's hear a praise in the house from those of you that know that Christ has set you. Christ has made you. Christ has set you free. We are free people this morning because of, of the doings of Jesus. And that's what we celebrate as you reach out and grab your neighbor's hand that we might pray as a family this morning. We serve you notice. We give you opportunity at this point in time to praise God in any way you see fit. And some of us in here, you got a praise you didn't have last week. Let me say that again. Somebody has a praise that you didn't have last week. The very fact that you're still here clothing in your right mind is reason enough to tell God thank you. So with bow heads and humble hearts, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, once again we come before your, your people asking you that you give me fresh intelligence from the Holy Ghost that I might instruct and teach your people and God, the hand that we are holding, we want to let them know that God is doing something special for you right now. God, release the truth of text that I might reveal truth to your people so we might leave here forever irreversibly changed. And God, somebody in this place, the prayer that has been held up, uh, that the, the forces of the air, the king of Persia has been holding back. Uh, we declare and demand, proclaim and say, it's going to be released in this service. That that unexpected miracle is waiting for you. And God, in the name of Jesus, we declare, we stand in covenant with each other. That when I get blessed, you're going to get blessed too. This we declare in the mighty name of Jesus. And as an act of your faith in the prayers of God, and the prayers we send unto him, I want you to lift your neighbor's hand in victory. And just in case they can't lift it themselves, you lift their hand in victory. Somebody throw your head back and shout victory. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. I need your help in helping me to celebrate the sainted memory of Bishop Andrew C. Jackson. Let's celebrate him. We celebrate him. And to Mama Jackson, Mother Jamie, glad to see you as always. And to the other mothers of the church, uh, we salute you. And to my friends, brothers, and sisters that just happen to be your pastor and your co, your associate pastor, you all, let's whistle, holler, make some noise uh, for Pastor Daryl. Pastor Willa May, uh, you may be seated. I just need Bobaway Atlas Road to know that within Kingdomdom, this church has, has set a, a model, a template, and an example for how it is that generations and leadership should transition. We talk about it, but it's never done right. And I want you to know that you're sitting in this church today because Bishop Andrew C. Jackson knew how to transition to leadership and knew how to and when to and why to turn the leadership over to Pastor Durrell. And so on behalf of the apostolic churches uh, everywhere, I want to tell Bishop, I know you can hear me, Bishop, 
Thank you so much. Being one who has to stand in tradition, in transition for churches at the time of bereavement and see the chaos and confusion that churches are left in because there was not a plan put in place. I need you all to clap for yourself. To clap for yourself. Your pastor is one of the only people I know if we could give him, make him, bag him, threaten him with the episcopacy and to be a bishop, he still wouldn't take it. And that's a sign of his humility, uh, how he is not going after titles, but only after the plan and purpose of God. Somebody who was a bishop a long time ago, but doesn't want to just be called a title but he sure enough has done the work. And so we celebrate him. And for all of you who don't know who I am, uh, I've been coming to this church for over 30 years preaching. Because this is one of the churches over the old church where Bishop Andrew let me practice on y'all. <laughs> so I thank you for being gracious to me when I barely knew what I was talking about. Uh, and so we're glad to be here today. We're going to the word of God as found in Exodus. Special praise the Lord to the Lloyd family. And to uh, the English family. I told them this morning, it kind of shocked some people when I told them saints don't die. That to be absent is to be present. It don't say nothing about death because we pass through death, which means when you're going through a tunnel to get from here to there, it's illegal to stop. I told them this morning to live as Christ, to die again. Tell your neighbor, either way, we win. Either way we win, it's, it's abundant life now and eternal life later. And so all we celebrate is life. Tell somebody, live. Keep talking. Tell them, stop waiting to die. It ain't coming if you're in God. There's more life after this. And so we salute and celebrate the life of my friend, uh, Pastor Frank English, and all of the different areas of ministry that God called him to serve. Exodus, the 14th chapter, when you turn in there, uh, Pastor Mac told you all that I finished school on May 19th um, with a PhD in Judaic and Rabbinic Studies. Only two people in the black people in the country that have a <laughs> a degree in rabbinic studies. Uh, so let me let me preach this text from the sources of the rabbi. Exodus the fourth chapter, verses one through four says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they may turn and encamp before Pihahiroth, for between Migdal and the sea, the Red Sea, over against Baal Zephon, before it shall you encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, uh, they are entangled in the land the wilderness has trapped them or shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them, and I will be honored. I will get the glory and the honor from Pharaoh. The original text says, I'm going to get the glory and the honor from the enemy. And upon all his hosts, 
that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 19. And the angel of God which went, somebody hollered before. Uh, somebody hollered before. Went before the camp of Israel. Removed and went behind. The pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to those that so that the one could not come near the other all night. Stop right there, because somebody's getting that in the spirit. I want to talk from the 19th to 20th verse, but I want to talk to you about what's going on now, prophetically, and I want to talk to the saints about uh, being a part of a, di a divine shifting. There is a divine shifting going on in which you are a part of. Uh, know this that God always sets up scenarios in which he can interrupt the mundaneness of time so that he can interject, interrupt time by giving us a peak of what he has established in eternity. When you see something in the earth that makes you go wild, and it makes you go wild in a good way, or you see a gift from a person that you know shouldn't be nothing, or you see anointing upon somebody who somebody else has counted them out, what you're getting is a peek into the divine mind of God and what he has in mind for the people of God. I came to tell you and announce to you that you don't have a clue who you're sitting beside. The person you sitting beside has so much giftedness inside of them until the purpose of a shifting is so that you can get and you can experience another aspect of, let me use this word, it don't mean nothing, but just let me use it. So you can experience another aspect of their divine isness so that you can experience what God put into them before the foundation of the world. And so our journey, our walk with God is us returning back to the authenticity of who he made us when we was in him. So my walk to the future is my also my walk back to who I was in God. Uh, that's the shifting of God. And many people you're sitting beside are in the midst of God's divine shift. Stuff is changing. The, the society is changing. Everything is changing. It used to be 25 years ago, only about 150 cities had half a million people. Now over 500 cities have half a million people. New technology is causing everything to shift and to change. So my question becomes, if all of society is changing, what makes you think that the house of God and the kingdom of God is not requiring that we change also? You're in trouble if you want to keep holding up old traditions and old stuff. Uh, help me somebody. You're trying to do old stuff in this generation. Let me tell you something. You're wasting your time. It is irrelevant and ineffective. And God teaches us how to stay relevant in all generations. <clears throat> Consider the text now because you must understand that as you walk with God, it is always necessary that you are aware of when God is moving, 
how God is moving, and then you must know to move with God. Because listen, your journey with God is a perpetual experience of movement. I heard uh, Pastor Willie May said this morning, it is in him that we live and we, uh, let me say it again because some of y'all don't know text. It is him that we live and we, <clears throat> one more time, it is him that we live and we, now, now, now let me say this to you. If we move in him and God is the perpetual experience of movement, even when we're sitting in church, there ought to be some movement. If you're sitting beside somebody and they haven't budged yet, I want you to hunch them real nice in love and tell them the Holy Ghost said it's time for you to move. Because where you settle is where you die. That's why we cannot settle for where we are right now as a church because there is more to come. It is called the advancement of the kingdom of God. Don't settle for what's going on in your body, what's going on in your pocketbook, what's going on in your house, what's going on in your family. Tell somebody don't settle. God's got something better for you. And so, to advance all things, to advance all things, God has us in perpetual change. There is a continual shifting. And we call it, we call it seasons. Life is made up of seasons. Life is made up of times. Ecclesiastes tells us about to every purpose under the sun, there is a season and a time. Time holds the purpose of God in the fullness of time. Got to get it right because sometimes God will concentrate on the place. Other times he concentrates on the time. But when you get to the place, it is the right. The reason why some of you have not gotten to the place of the fulfillment of the promises of God is because there has not been a shifting in your mind. And if your mind does not change, then it's not the right time. And if it's not the right time, you won't come to the right. That's why God keeps telling us about forever being in renewing in your mind. Because Exodus wants us to experience the rest of, more of, the goodness, the greatness, the glory of God. Uh, so he keeps us going through seasons. Every day you walk with God, uh, you come to know God better. Every day you walk with God, you change. Every season you go through with God, there is a change. Come on now, let's be honest. Who in here is willing to admit some of the things you went through had changed you? Uh, I ain't talking to everybody. Who can admit you've been through some stuff? Listen, and whatever you've been through, let me announce, because you sitting in the house of God, and some of you got a praise in the house of God. And you close and still in your right mind. And you still got a determination to run on and see what the end's gonna be. That's a testimony to the power of God that's in you. That greater is he that is in you than anything you've been through. I dare you slap somebody's hand and tell them I've been changed for the better. Tell them I ain't got no time for foolishness. Tell them because I went through what I've been through, my 
praise is different from yours. Because of what I've been through, I paid for my praise. I ain't got to apologize for my to understand you sitting beside you sitting beside a designated survivor that wasn't for everybody you should have hit that organ too you sitting beside somebody that the devil said should have been dead could have been dead would have been dead but God said not so I got something else in mind for them. Tell somebody, I'm a designated survivor. I'm a designated survivor. Listen to this. When you sit next to somebody who the seasons tried to kill and the situation tried to destroy, don't you understand their praise is different because they survived what killed somebody else. They survived what wiped out somebody else. They survived what gave somebody else a nervous breakdown. And the Bible says survivors have a praise and survivors have a testimony. That's how you know you're sitting. Y'all can sit down. You can be seated. How do you know when you're sitting beside somebody who has been designated to survive? They don't have no time for foolishness. Especially when it comes to praising God. You know what the attitude is? Either praise him or go home. You know why? Because they've been through something. When they couldn't find no help from nowhere else. Could nobody help them but the Lord. And so they came back to say thank you. Because they should not be here today. And so the text. The text tells us, the text tells us hmm, that whatever season you must go through, and somebody going to get this in this Exodus, this book of the way out. Uh-huh, somebody got that. This is about not just going in, it's about the way uh, uh, that gonna bless somebody. This is not just about what you have to go into on your journey with God, but it's also about him showing you the way out. And so it tells us in the text now, stay with me. It says, whatever season that you have to find yourself, that by the time you come to that season situation predicament, by the time you get there, God will have already been there. Listen to this, listen to this. To become who he already is in himself. Uh, did you, you gotta catch that. God is not becoming anything he is not already is. Ehej, share, ehej. I am that I am, or I will be who I will be. In, in other words, Jesus is saying, God is saying, that's why I'm not becoming it. I am already Jehovah Shalom, uh-huh, your God of peace. I'm already Roha, uh, your shepherd that restoreth your soul. I'm already Shema, Shema 
uh, the, the very God of your present peace and, and present help. I am the God that is with you always. Tiskanu, the righteousness. I am God, your righteousness. I am Rofa, your healer. I am Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. I am not the God that's becoming your provider. I am already, help me somebody, help me somebody. He says, but if you want to be a part of this shift, then I need you to renew in your mind. Tell somebody, renew your mind. Because this new thing that God is doing, uh, you don't have to like it, but he's going to get you to victory. You can't let old thinking get in the way of what God is going to do because he's about to do a new thing. Mm -hmm. Get away from people who don't have any kind of concept about divine purpose. You can't, listen, if you're the smartest thing in the room, you're in the wrong room. God going to put you around some people to help you get the destiny. Uh, God going to get you the people. He going to put you around. Listen, when God prepares you for a shift, uh, Lady Willie May, people going to start acting funny around you. Uh, I ain't talking to everybody. But don't even discuss it with them. Because you get ready to get in a luxury cruiser while they sitting in a rowboat arguing with you about where we get ready to go. Everybody that won't stay in the rowboat, you stay right there. But don't start arguing it with me because my mind sees a luxury liner and not a rowboat. God said, where I'm about to take you, Everybody can't go anyway because just like you go through seasons, I put seasonal people around you. And the danger is you trying to take them into a season that God don't want them in that season with you. And sometimes you got to tell folk, I ain't mad at you, but you got to go. I'm not upset. Look how nervous the church is getting. I ain't in your marriage. I ain't, I ain't kidding about your marriage. I ain't talking about your marriage. I'm talking about some of these cliques, some of these friendships you got that they can't say nothing positive to you because the truth of the matter is they jealous of you. They see the glory on you. They see the anointing on you. And they don't want you to go someplace where God ain't taking them. But I dare you holler, I'm going anyway because destiny is on me. So then, we see in the text, Exodus 14 talks on this why. Exodus demonstrates for us the time of God's divine shifting, time of God's divine changing. Look at the, look at the text. 90% of the children have made it through 90% let me say that again. The children of Israel had made it through 90% of their wilderness experience. Let me see the hands of all you who have had wilderness experiences. And, and if you didn't have one, you just ain't know where you was. Let me help you. If you ever been through an experience wearing ass, soon as you got out of one thing. Have you ever been at the place where you had to go through stuff all by yourself and couldn't tell nobody? Have you ever been through a season where you even felt that God had left you? Somebody holler wilderness. That's the wilderness experience. They were 90% through. And God tells Moses, tell him I said turn to the right. 
towards the Red Sea. Now, Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. I got upset. I said, I don't understand. They're almost to the place of the better. They're almost to the place of the fulfilled promise. This is what you told them they were going to get. They're 90% there, and you tell them to go to the right away from Canaan. Until I read verse 4, that says, God tells them, you go over there for a minute because there's something I got to deal with. I got to deal with every enemy that mess with you. I got to deal with every situation that's been trying to hinder you. I'm coming after everything that has tried to come after your family. I said, God, why are you doing it this way? He said, Carolyn, I got to whip the enemy in the wilderness so that when they get to the place of promise, they don't have to stop and fight no more. That wasn't for half the church. Half the church didn't get that. I'm going to whip the enemy while they're in the wilderness so when they get to the place of blessings, they don't have to stop enjoying the blessings of the Lord and go into warfare because that's the place of the abundance. That's the place of the fulfillment of everything I promised them. So listen to this. And I need to do it. I need to whip some enemies at a time when they can see it. I want them to see me deal with people who've been giving them a hard way to go. People that's been working against them, stabbing them in the back, grinning up in their face. They take two steps and some push them back far. Whatever situation that's been hindering them from enjoying the promises of God, I'm going after it. That's why he tells you, that's why he tells you in verse 13, the enemy you see today, you won't see him no more. Because, let me tell you this in the text, the enemy felt when he saw them go to the right, look at this. They have gotten off track. They done made a mistake. Surely we can trap them and get them now. See, because the, den den the devil does not understand that some detours are necessary. I I'm a preacher this side. That side just looking at me. See, the devil don't understand that when you walk with God, and I'm going to say this for all y'all self-righteous people. The devil don't understand that when you walk with God, some mistakes are permissible. If you don't believe mistakes are permissible, that means you have not been a partaker of the grace of God. Because grace ain't for folk that get it right all the time. Grace is for those that mess up. Grace is for those that go the wrong way. Grace is for those who have been rebellious. I need to hear a praise out of somebody that's been a recipient of the grace of God. Anybody in here didn't get what you deserve? I'm going to say it again. Is there anybody in here that you have not got what you deserve? But in spite of yourself, he keeps blessing me over and over and over he just keeps on. So the text tells us. The text tells us. The, the detour. The, the, the detour. The detour is to get you on the right track back to God. Uh, I, I know some of y'all not getting it. 
you went the wrong way so that the wrong way could put you back on the right way. Let me, let me, let me just say it in layman's terms. Some of y'all sinned and beat you up so bad till you ain't had no choice but to come back to God. Because if you had not come back to God, you would have killed your own self, destroyed your own destiny, messed up your own future. Even the Bible said it was good for him to have bruised me because it brought me back to God. Then the text says two things happened. The people became afraid, and then they cried out to God. That's kind of backwards and wrong. Uh, if you cry out to God, then you don't have to be afraid. Uh, because fear is not of God. Look at the text again. They cried out to God, and this is what blows my mind. God became just a little bit upset with them because for them to become afraid is for them, for them to become afraid and start complaining against their leadership was for them to forget how just recently God had delivered them from the hands of the enemy. Listen to this. God brings them out of Egypt. And when they come out of Egypt, they're more blessed than they were when they went in. Uh, uh, hear it in the Holy Ghost. Pharaoh got mad because he don't believe. I let the help go. That was my help. Because of them, Pharaoh became rich. And so Pharaoh had to leave and let them go. And got mad because not only did I let them go, they left without stuff. You got to understand the plan of God. When the enemy realizes how blessed you are, you know you're blessed. The enemy, don't you think the enemy wants you in church worshiping and serving God? Don't you think the enemy glad because you're in church? Don't you think the enemy is glad because you got away? The very fact you're in church lets me know you got away. Because the enemy know if you could just get to the house. Uh, I'm talking to some people that been depressed, been deset, upset, wanted to commit suicide. And all they had to do was get to the house. Uh, because there's something about getting to the house of God. Something about getting around the saints of God. Something about hearing the songs of Zion. Listen to this and I'm done. Moses tells them, y'all stand still. Don't be afraid, stand still. Here's the prophetic word. Because today, I will fight for you. All right, let me say it again, because I, I, see, I see it just fell on carnal ears. Let me talk to some spiritual people. The text says, anybody need somebody to fight a battle? Let me ask the question. Anybody need God to fight for them? I'm going to ask one more time. Anybody? Let me, let me give you the word from the Lord. No need for you to fight in this battle. Because this battle is not yours. This battle belongs to God. And he said today, let me tell you what he really said. He said today, while you praising me in my house, I'm going to put a praise in your house. I'm going to say it one more time. You put a praise in my house. And I'm going to put one in yours. I'm going to say it one more time. You put a praise in my house. And I put one in yours. And if you can't praise me for yourself, praise me for your grandchildren. Praise me for your great-grandchildren. Let me... 
shit, shit, shit. Almost done. Somebody holler victory. I didn't say somebody say it. I said somebody holler victory. Here now, we reach the place of the divine shift. The divine shifting of God. They are now got temper. 10% more to go in the wilderness would just equal a couple of weeks. And they look up. Oh, look at this. Almost at the place of fulfillment. And they look up and see the enemy coming. They cry out to God. And what is so interesting is that God has been leading them cloud by day, fire by night. He's leading them. Uh, come here, Matt. Come here, Bill. Where Bill? Come on down here quickly. Mac, you stand here. You face that way. I'm going to let you be the child of God. Bill, <laughs> you stand over here. You know I love you, but you're the enemy today. All right. <laughs> look, 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 the shift. Look, look at God. He's walking. Of course I'm God. He's walking. Come on. Go with me, Mac. He's walking before them as a guide. Pillar of fire and a cloud. They're going on to the place of fulfillment. But all of a sudden, the enemy come behind. God stops being a leader. So now, if the enemy want to come after the child of God, the enemy got to go through God. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Y'all see, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that, that's why he's trying to tell you. God, the divine shift of God, stop being a guide and became a guard. G-U-A-R-D. And the divine shift of God wants you to understand if the enemy wants to attack the child of God with sickness, the enemy has to go through Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. If poverty or indebtedness wants to defeat the child of God, it has to go through Jehovah Jireh. The God that provides. I came to tell you in this season, God is shifting himself. This is prophetic now. This ain't for your intellectual hearing. It's for your spiritual security. That God is shifting himself to be who you need him to be in this season. When you tell him what the problem is. When you tell him what the problem is, he will shift. Here's, here's another thing. Here's another thing. In order for the enemy to get to the child, the enemy got to go through God. But God becomes who the child needs him to be. Here's the other thing blow my mind. When God shifts to the child of God, when God shows his light, Pastor his light tells the children to keep moving and shows the children the way to fulfillment of promise. I'm going to say it again. The light tells the children, that's what God told Moses, tell the children I said, 
Don't worry about the enemy. I got that. Just keep moving. I want, I want about 50 people. Give somebody a holy high five and tell them God said keep moving. Uh, you're, you're not doing it. I want 50, 50 of the remnant. Give somebody a holy high five and tell them God said keep moving. Here's what you need to understand. For those of you that keep moving, the same light that showed the children to the promise blinded the enemy so that the enemy couldn't find the children. Y'all missed that. There comes a time when God is shifting you for the purpose of divine design that he puts you in a place where the enemy can't even find you. They'll come looking for you and can't find you. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God, the enemy will come trying to find your children and can't find them. Because come after your finances and can't find your bank account. What lit up the way for the children blinded the enemy. Light to the children, darkness to the enemy. And God told me, just told me to tell, to tell the church in this political season what will be darkness to them will be light for us. And I don't believe you just sitting there. Can't believe you just sitting there. What looks like darkness to the world will become light to the children, light to the house, light to the believer. Finally, you can sit, you can sit, you can sit. I'm done. I'm done. The divine shift. Listen to what it says. It says, to the believer, verse 23, read it when you get home, four, five, six, and I will put, listen, I'm going to fix it so that when the enemy, that's what the, the text says, I'm going to build a wall around my children until all night long. The enemy can't even get to them. There's going to be a wall of petition between the believer and the unbeliever <clears throat> so that when the enemy tries to come, I'm, I, 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 he just said, I'm going to put a wall around your health, a, a wall around your wealth, because it's coming, a, a, a wall around your children, a wall around your job, a wall around your future. Not only can they not find you, but when they try to get to you. But, but, the, but the text, I'm done. But the text is for another reason, that wall. That wall is not for so the enemy can't get to you. Look at this. The, the wall is so I won't consider messing with stuff that can mess me up. Why all y'all just sitting there looking at me? See, that's when God is going to bless you on a level that he going to make sure you don't mess up your own blessing. 
bless you. I'm going to put a hedge around you. So the stuff that you used to think was good for you, but it wasn't good for you. I'm going to protect you so not so it won't come near you, so you won't go near it. Because sometimes you don't even know what's bad for you. But there's some of us in here, God broke up some mess. God fixed some mess. God protected us from some mess. And we was crying when he did it. But now our attitude is God did me a favor. I didn't know it was a favor till I got up. The divine shifting of God has now come upon the church. And now, listen, for the devil to mess with your stuff, to mess with you, I want some religious people, excuse me, scratch that, some spiritual people to holler, it's too late. Ah, it's too late for him to get in there. The devil can't touch what God has anointed. And he can't touch what I got my name on. What he puts his name on. Because the shifting of God has started. Ah, and now God is telling us, go forward. The way is clear. And the promises of God. The manifestation of God is upon us now. Huh? And he has done this so. He fixed this so until your enemies, your enemies will have to look at you being blessed. They, gonna, they will wish they never talked about you that they never made it hard for you. Oh, that they never came against you. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm through, but the shift has come. I, I had to stop a minute, because I got a situation right now, Pastor. One of my best, dearest friends uh, got suspended last week as the president of Alabama State University. Her hearing is tomorrow, and God then already told me the enemy you saw last week, you ain't gonna see him no more. They didn't want her there because she got the Holy Ghost. And she have church when she get with the students. Ah, but I came to tell you this thing, they gonna wish they had never messed with a child of God. I'm saying that in your situation too. People don't know who they're messing with. Because right now, the angels of the Lord are on assignment fighting for you right while I speak. And when some, listen, when some boss get to your name, they're going to jump over your name and not even know why. But because the hand of God, everybody's standing. I'm going to quit now. Everybody standing, hands up in the air. Hands up in the air. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we do read the handwriting on the wall. And all we see is that we win. We are more than conquerors. And God, thank you for inviting the devil to the planning meeting so he also knows too that in the end we win. So God, the text says, and so the children began to rejoice and celebrate when they saw the enemy swallowed up in the Red Sea. For the next 120 seconds, all I want in Bobaway Atlas Road, I want you to put a praise on it. Ah, for the next 120 seconds.
Open your mouth. Open your mouth. You've got a hundred more seconds. Now you got 90 seconds. There's a divine shift going to your house. Agree with God. Cooperate with God. You've got 90 more seconds. Sixty more seconds. Come on, Zion. Come on, Zion. Celebrate what's about to happen. Thirty more seconds. Who do you need him to be in your house? Who do you need him to be? Who do you need him to be? He already is. He already is. He already is. All right. You may be seated. I asked the question. I asked the question and you help me preach. Just say neighbor. Some of y'all not obedient. Say neighbor. Who do you need God to be for you right now? Well, guess what? He's already there. He is who he is. You may be seated. You're here this morning. And you want salvation. Want a church on here? Uh, how many of y'all in here ready for a divine shift? Anybody want to be baptized? Want to go down in Jesus' name? Want the Holy Ghost? Come on, come on, come quick, come quick, come quick, come quick, come quick, come quick. In the Bible, want to be saved. Uh-huh. Anybody else want to be baptized? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, ministers, minister to the people at the altar. That's right, talk to them, ask them what do they need. Pray with them. Uh, anybody else? Somebody here need to bring your whole family down here. I said your whole family. Bring them down. Tomorrow is not promised us. Anybody else? You need a church home. You, you've been wandering and wondering well that's all that's over now it's all over now you've come to the right place at the right time anybody else anybody else what y'all looking at i'll act like y'all ain't never seen that before Come on, come on, baby girl, come on. They're coming down, they're coming down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Here they come. Here they come. 
There ought to be a praise in the house, y'all.